Hey, it's Melaine Lee, and you found your way to the Divine Goddess Revolution podcast. This podcast is no ordinary podcast. It is for women looking to thrive, not just survive. It's for women looking to learn how to really unlock and unleash that divine light within so that they can rock their inner goddess on a daily basis. The experts will be featured from all over the world, supporting you in becoming that badass divine goddess that you were born to be. Hey guys, I am so excited about the episode today featuring Ricky Jane Adams. Ricky Jane Adams has a PhD, is the principal light of Lightworker Institute and the creator of Intuitive Intelligence Method. The aim of the Institute is to lead the revolution in excellence in the intuitive sciences. She teaches all over Australia, including offering training in her flagship Intuitive Intelligence 2-day workshop through a 12-month intensive, the third level contributing to a new generation of gold standard, wildly abundant intuitive readers, mentors, coaches, and healers. Her mission is to connect as many people as she can get her hands on to the wisdom, the God voice that resides in of each of us. She has spent over 20 years devoted to her spiritual awakening, and she has just written a book called Spiritually Fierce, which you can find on Amazon, and it has hit the number one bestseller, I think within 24 hours, which is amazing. And I'm so excited to have Ricky here with us today to share with you her wisdom, her spiritual sense, her divine goddess and what that really means to her and so much more, you guys. This really is going to be an education revolution today. So enjoy this episode. excited to be here today with Ricky Jane and welcome to the podcast Ricky Jane. Thank you so much goddess. You are a goddess so I'm so excited to be talking about the goddess with you. Yes me too. If there's anyone I can think of that really embodies a goddess spiritually and just in all aspects of her life is you and I'm so excited to really find out what being a goddess really means for you Ricky because You know what's funny? I think that the word goddess is really used so much out there right now, especially in the transformational world. But I would really be curious as to see, like, what does it mean to you to be a goddess? Yeah, that is. I love that observation because I agree with you. I mean, not just in the transformational world, but, you know, everything from selling women beauty products to much more kind of bigger ideas. That word is is definitely has a lot of currency right now. But I don't think that's a reason for us not to use it. For me, it is often an entry point for women into meeting their divine nature because it's playful and it's joyful, but it's also really powerful. So it's it's often a word that women, I think, will begin to explore their own divine nature through and really feel safe to kind of move into the idea of being adored and being worshipped and being being revered because we have to kind of go that far in that direction because of the time that we live in. You know, the patriarchy has created a situation for us in which women, we need to adore and worship ourselves more <laughs> than ever before because we're coming from such a deficit 
And that, you know, that deficit's not recent. That's thousands of years of women having been maligned historically, culturally, religious, you know, from a religious perspective, from an economic perspective. So it's a really big deal, I think, for women to feel very safe to use that word and to know that they are worthy of being adored and worshipped. And that doesn't mean that we don't also adore and worship our partners and, and others, but that we look at ourselves as something sacred. And I think for women now, you know, we're reclaiming our political power, we're reclaiming our economic power. It's time for us to reclaim our spiritual power. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm all for it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that definition. I mean, I think it embodies so much. and And I love how deep your meaning of it went, because I think that, yeah, it really is something that has been used really often and not just a transformational world. I love that observation, but really everywhere. And I think that it can carry almost like a superficial meaning to it or a meaning that might cause, I don't know, different reactions from everyone, I guess. But I really love how you connected it so deeply to spirituality. And I loved that sense of like the divine nature of who a woman really is and it being this sacred kind of embodiment than just being some kind of fly-by-night name. So I really enjoyed listening to what your definition was, Ricky. Yeah, I agree. I think just because something is in popular culture doesn't mean that we shouldn't own it. Mm. And if it's a word that you feel safe to use, you know, my word that I use in my work a lot is priestess. And I love that word as well for women to use because I consider the work that I do to initiate women into their divine nature but as women who are in the world. So it's not just the goddess on the mountaintop. It's not just that idea of, um, you know, her sitting on her throne in her temple, but actually being in the world, you know, we are the women who are, we're making the babies, we're making the money, you know, we're, we're changing lives, we're leading a new paradigm. And we exist at the intersection of, of the divine and the earthly. And, and our job, I think, as women more than anybody is to integrate spirituality into daily life because we're no longer in the age of the mystic sitting in caves, you know, in the snow, getting to devote 40 years to meditation practices. You know, women are in the world and that that job is sacred to, to bring the sacred into daily life, to raise our children knowing their own divine nature, to to approach our own work, our own businesses through that kind of divine paradigm. And I think, you know, the priestess is that symbol for me for sure because she's both holy and earthly, you know. She's making love but she's connecting to her divine power at the same time. Mm, I really love that. I, I love that intersection between combining spirituality and really bringing that spiritual life into the regular, like everyday life. A lot of us women are multitasking, doing various things in our lives. And there's not time maybe to just go to silent retreats every once a month, you know, it might be once a year. So I just love that. I love everything that you're saying right now, to be honest. And (laughs) I love, you know, it's funny because I was just at this I was back in the States visiting family and I was at a barbecue and one of my sister's friends was like, why do you call everyone goddess? And it was really clear in that moment that she had a lot of resistance and trigger coming up around the word goddess. And I said, are you triggered by the word goddess? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. What is triggering you in this word goddess? She's like, goddess, priestess, all those words. It just it just sounds like very ethereal. I'm not ethereal. And I was like, ah, yes. And then we had this really deep conversation around 
her self-worth and value. And I just said, you know, I call people that to honor the divine within them, to honor the value that they are, to honor the creator that they are. And she's like, oh, she's like walking away. And I was like, goodbye, goddess. And she's like, goodbye, goddess. <laughs> wow. So you just changed someone's life right there, yeah. you know. It, it is It is really difficult often for us women to be comfortable and safe with that archetype. And that's really what it is. You know, it's an archetype, just like, you know, maiden mother crone. The goddess is another one of the female archetypes it's the woman in the full expression of her her divine and sacred power, unapologetic. It's very similar to the queen, but much more, as you say, much more kind of about the sacred or divine nature. And where do we get exposure that, to that, Melaine? You know, we mm. look around the world. For the last 8,000 years, the destruction of the goddess cultures has been absolute. Mm-hmm. There is no reflection from the world saying to women, you are divine, your nature is sacred. What we're told is that we are not allowed access to the highest levels of religious orders. It doesn't matter what religion you look at. Mostly women are excluded. You know, it's the same with Buddhism as it is with Christianity. Um, You know, even though in the Western world we're much more comfortable with Buddhism generally because Christianity has sort of done so many, um, has caused so much suffering to so many people. Even with our kind of, you know, obsession with with the Eastern religions and philosophies, they still have excluded women in the top ranks of their religions because mostly men have been the ones who've been permitted access to those higher ranking positions. And so we have not had reflection at any level to say you are this absolute divine power. You know, you're not here just in relationship to men you are actually the most sacred. And we can argue this, that, you know, that the equality is what we need. Absolutely. We need to bring the sexes into equality. But in order to do that, we have to reclaim a huge deficit on the side of, of the feminine because the feminine has been maligned for thousands of years. And that means that women like the woman you met at this party are not going to necessarily know what you're talking about because no one has said to them, this is what you are. So it's so valuable that you're having those kinds of conversations mm-hmm. and, and taking it beyond the kind of superficial meaning of, you know, you're just a beautiful woman who should be adored and, and you're not actually allowed to act in the world. You just have to look pretty and sit over there, you know, mm-hmm. actually yeah. reclaiming yeah. it. Yeah, no, yes. I love that. I think that reclaiming our power is a big thing. And I think that women owning their divine power is going to support the healing of the world because the type of world that we have right now is is pretty much crumbling like the you know patriarchal societies and the way that we've done things so masculine oriented is really not working anymore and so these new paradigms that are coming in are much more feminine so yeah i think it's it's something that is new for a lot of people too and i think that new while it's not wrong or right or anything like that it's just scary you know it's really scary because if we don't no, the unknown to us is, it can be really scary to us. I mean, even, you know, this is a totally different topic, but the same thing with like racism, you know, me growing up as a white woman in America, in a beautiful upper middle class society, I don't know what it's like, you know, and therefore I look at media and the things that they portray. And then a fear is instilled in me of the unknown. I don't know what these people are like, even though, you know, like now I I obviously understand, but like, it's so easy to be afraid of what we don't know. And I think fear is actually higher 
when we're uneducated. So it's great that you and I get to talk about this and educate people so the fear can lessen. Absolutely, you're right. You know, it is an education revolution. And even knowing our own history, I mean, I don't think that most women or men understand that that there was a, a mother goddess worship culture that existed up until about 5,000 years ago, and it was slowly eradicated from the world. So it's not like it has never been the case that women have been the power spiritually. It's just that we are, we've been in a particular cycle for so long now, and that cycle is coming to an end. And as you say, what we have right now is chaos. We have chaos at every level, political, economic, you know, every kind of system, environmental Mm. is crumbling. And from that chaos, new order will appear. But at the moment, we are the ones who need to step out as the spiritual leaders. Women need to be unafraid now of their power more than ever. And as you say, not to replicate male power, which is that hierarchical structure of someone gets to the top and then they get to tell everyone else what to do, but rather, you know, the image of the woman as in her divine feminine power, I call that receptive power it's very strongly associated with intuition because it's the knowledge that you need to be in your power comes to you. And you can say, where is that coming from? Well, for me, I say God, but other people might say universe or source or infinite. It doesn't really matter. But the idea is that I don't have to go out into the world forcing new things into being. I allow that which is mine to come to me with ease and grace. And I know that it will because I am an irresistible magnet for all that I desire. This is divine feminine power. It's not just available to women, but women are naturally predisposed to being able to work this way. And we need to teach that or educate, as you say, the new paradigm. We need to bring it into being by being aware that it's the lack of knowledge that is the problem mostly, not the lack of willingness. And it is it is absolutely about being unafraid to talk about these difficult things, because unfortunately, what happens mostly when we talk about patriarch and we talk about the return or the rise of divine feminine is people start to become very defensive of men and I want to go beyond that I want to go beyond this no your partner your children your sons you know your dad these are not bad guys we're not talking about individual men we're talking about a collective energetic imbalance between masculine and feminine energy on a universal scale. And that goes beyond you trying, you don't need to defend your boyfriend to me. You don't need to defend your husband. You don't need to defend your son. You've probably done a really good job of finding or raising or, you know, educating your partners and, and children. But I'm talking about this archetypal energy and women need to be unafraid of being in their power and for a while it may take the men in their life time to adjust but it will happen I got off on a bit of a rant there Melaine (laughs) (laughs) no I love it I'm just sitting over here literally with chills a couple times that you were saying things nodding my head nodding my head because it is and you know I'll never forget Ricky I was in this seminar and actually with Joel Brown, who's another fellow um, Australian, and he's from Perth originally. And he was out in, I forget what it was that he was doing, some kind of job where he was like wrangling snakes back in the day, essentially. And he said that there was so much fear in him about like these poisonous snakes killing him and so forth. But it wasn't until his full extensive education and awareness around how to handle them, how to navigate it, that then he was able to, you know, really fall in love with this job that seemed kind of crazy and wild. And I think it's, while it's such a simple analogy to what I'm trying to explain, I think it's really what's going on in the world right now. 
There's so much chaos and finger pointing and blaming and defending when the reality is that there's just a lack of understanding and communication, you know, and, and I think if people would just lay their armor down and start to learn, you know, how to handle these different scenarios and start to embrace the divine feminine. I mean, the divine masculine in me serves me so well in my business. And so I think it's just embracing both entities. But like you said, we're in an imbalance and there's a really deep need for this divine feminine to be, you know, nurtured and cradled within each of us, even men. And I think, yeah, it, because people are go say, oh, masculine equals male equals you're saying all men are bad and it's not the case. So I think, yeah, it's just another deeper level of education but also it's like um it's just this large misunderstanding something i always post to my clients ricky is if you're not wrong then what so i love this conversation and i have a question for you when it comes to like we you kept talking about power and spiritual power and i know that you just wrote a book called spiritually fierce which i love by the way <laughs> which i'm pretty in love with it <laughs> i i am i love that name and i do, i mean i love you i love that name and you guys it hit within like the first 24 hours it hit amazon bestseller right yes yay <laughs> so exciting she like she had shared a screenshot and it was next to like deepak and eckhart tolle and i was like yeah, it's not a bad crowd to be hanging with, Ricky. <laughs> I know, right? Like, totally mind-blown moment where it's like, is this real? Is this happening? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. That's so awesome. And so a question for you is, I know when it comes to owning our divine goddess and, and really the balancing of, of the masculine and feminine, how would you really describe what being spiritually fierce means? And how does that like relate to the divine goddess and all that? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a really good idea to discuss it because, you know, spiritually fierce seems like two contradictory words. We often associate spiritual with light and fluffy and unicorns and, and you know, rainbows. And, and I absolutely wanted to change the conversation about the way we think about our spirituality. Unfortunately, a lot of our culture around um, spirituality at this point in time is often associated with health and well-being and often associated with you know, the kind of bright, shiny object thing. So we'll go from one thing to the next and we don't necessarily commit with any depth or discipline to the practices that are actually going to transform our lives. Just as you know, and you teach with manifestation, it's like you can't do it for five minutes one day and wonder why you're not getting all the stuff you want, you know, mm. but we will often take a very kind of superficial approach to spirituality. And if it's not immediately gratifying, like a lot of the things in our culture, we will just abandon it and try something else. So spiritually fierce is actually about finding that inner soul fire, that in yoga we say tapas, that heat that will allow us to go deep into our spiritual nature. And what that requires is to meet our fear. Because I don't care what modality you do. I don't care what crystals you're into. I do not care about all of those those superficial things. If you are building your spiritual faith on fear because you're unwilling to look at the darkness, you're unwilling to look at the shadow, then you will have a faulty foundation. So to be spiritually fierce really is to be willing to meet all of yourself and to choose love first every single time. To choose love first means we have to sometimes meet our fear first, you know, mm. because to get to the love, we have to be willing to go through the shit and 
you know, the thing is when you apply the tools, whatever tools you choose, and there are many, many different paths back to that infinite nature, to your unlimited self, it doesn't matter. There isn't right or wrong. There is. This book is not about saying you have to do it this way. This book is about saying, I don't care how you do it, as long as you turn up every damn day and you be unafraid to meet all of yourself on that path. I love you know, that. that. Oh, I'm so glad because I love it too. And, you know, as it, how it relates to divine feminine power, to the goddess, is that, you know, it is all about really turning on your intuitive intelligence. So the idea is there's this equation. You have an innate intuition. You are a sixth sensory. You and the infinite are in communion. It's not something you need to be or find or educate yourself on. It's just there. But until you apply that heat, that spiritual fierceness, it's like you can also be learn French. Everyone has that capacity, but not everyone's going to choose to. So you actually have to take the steps that are going to turn your innate intuition into a living, breathing thing that actually changes your life for the better. And that's what intuitive intelligence is. Mm-hmm. So intuitive intelligence is that divine feminine power where the answers to your life are whispered to you in every moment by the infinite of which you are a sacred part. So you're not striving, pushing, breaking, forcing. You just wait on the will of God or the infinite to bring you and then you take inspired action. You know, everything you need will come to you, including what are the next best steps. So it's not a passive thing. It's not about not taking action. It's about taking the right action at the right time because your actions are motivated by love, not fear. I love everything that you're saying. I'm just like sitting here in trance, as I'm sure most of the audience is too, because you have <laughs> such a powerful like voice and presence about you, even over the the airwaves with your voice. But but I just love this whole concept because you know what? It, as you're speaking, it reminds me of one of my mentors who I'm doing some endurance training for my mindset, and and what he was talking about the other day was like you know, no one sees me when I get up in the morning and go running. Like no one sees that aside from the universe, like the universe sees that, but really it's about me doing it for me and to nourish me and, and all the different things that come with that. But if I'm going out there and just going through the motion and not really running, like just kind of like doing it to do it, then what does that mean? You know? And so he's like, but when you go out there and you like, really do it and you like put passion into it and energy into it and you're like really going all in same with like anything in my business if I just kind of like go through the motion of like some random strategy someone gives me I don't yield results but when I'm really passionate about something and I have fire and energy and intensity and I think that it's easy for us to do it in maybe certain areas but it's this new I love this new concept of like bringing this fire and energy and passion into our spiritual connection and really igniting it in a way that excites us and enlivens us and develops a stronger muscle with our intuition and our intuitive intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's it's the muscle, you know, it's like, it's exactly the same if you want a six pack, Mm -hmm. you actually have to do the exercises (laughs) that bring you that six pack. And, you know, the real truth of all of this, Verlaine, is that it's it's coming from the quantum physics paradigm, which I love because I can give you the science to back this stuff up. So I'm not just asking you to have blind faith. You know, we are energy first. Quantum physics has been telling us that for over 100 years, we're vibrating particles of matter. We are not solid. But because we are lazy and we work through our dominant five senses, what we can see in the mirror is this solid body. And so we we stop 
there. We think, you know, the success that we measure our life by is by through those dominant five senses. And it's actually just laziness because science has a different set of data to share with us. And we're simply not taking up the conversation. So if I am just vibrating particles of matter, I am pure potential all of the time. Not only am I vibrating particles of matter, Planck time tells me that I'm vibrating in and out of form multiple times per second. So I literally am going out of form multiple times per second. So I am literally pure potential. What educates or what tells my body to reappear as, what gives the um, physical form instruction is my consciousness. What are my beliefs? My beliefs are determining how my body reappears in and out of form multiple times per second. And this is absolutely mind-blowing. This is science, you know. Mm -hmm. There is nothing woo-woo about this. So when I start to think about the world from that perspective, I can see why if I am not fully applying that spiritual heat or that passion to what I'm doing, that my actions are going to be either inauthentic or they're not going to be bringing the full amount of heat required to truly transform my form into something new. So, you know, the, the science of this stuff is is where we can turn people who are sceptical into um, believers because, once again, we're, you know, the theme of our conversation has been the education revolution, yeah. you know. There must be scientists out there who feel like Galileo did when he was trying to convince the world it was not flat, you know, that they're banging their head against the wall and people are still working from this paradigm of, of you know, Newtonian law that, that things are, are solid and, and that's the only way we can change the world. It is simply not true. And this is where we step into our divine feminine powers. We become masters of consciousness, not masters of physical matter, because the physical matter is simply behaving in accordance with our consciousness. And that consciousness is, is what directs those vibrating particles of matter to show up in a particular way. So powerful. And, and I love, I love everything that you're saying. And I think the first time all these ideas actually entered my sphere of awareness was when I was reading, um, actually listening to an audiobook by Deepak about maybe four or five years ago and how he was talking about that, like every so many years that we actually regenerate, like our whole being is completely new. Like everything just regenerates and is new and recreating. And I'm, I'm not saying specifically, I'm so don't quote me on this, you guys, but but it's just fascinating to me, like as you're talking, and I know that you're so knowledgeable in this area, that like my body's literally changing. So really what's what's showing up in the mirror is my belief system. And I know that there's so many women that struggle with body image and, you know, their worth and their value placed on what their physical being looks like. But really the only way to break out of that is to consciously be aware and to give yourself loving, compassionate thoughts. And you yes. can change it from the inside out as opposed to beating yourself by running and doing all these things that we do, manipulating, contorting. So I love this idea of really just mastering consciousness. And then we're able to master so much more by just focusing on mastering consciousness. Yes. And that mastery of consciousness will actually change physical form. So if you want to change your physical shape, for example, you need to be committed with that discipline, that, that spiritual fierceness to changing your mind about the way that you perceive yourself. I mean, this is profound science and it is leading edge consciousness engineering to use Vishen Lakhiani's term. We are not vulnerable, weak you know, finite creatures. We are literally made up of the consciousness of the infinite. You know, not only do our bodies regenerate every 12 months, there are no new atoms since the moment of the Big Bang. So we are literally 
made up of one another. All is one is not just a nice idea. And, you know, it, it does require us to unlimit our the chains or the bonds of, of thinking of ourselves as victims of our circumstances and understanding that we simply have not been taught to master or engineer our consciousness. And now we are in that age. Now that is the place where we are truly changing the world. And, you know, it's that example you said of going running. It's like if you go running with love, if you go running in deep devotion, like the goddess that you are, bowing down to yourself, adoring and worshipping yourself for that action, the change you'll see in your physical form will be exponentially increased versus going running because you hate yourself. And you're trying to punish yourself for not being the shape that you want to be because your consciousness is what is actually determining how your body responds to that run. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. It's funny because a few years back, I was working with this fitness trainer and she introduced me to Jane Roberts. I'm not sure if you've heard of Jane Roberts. She wrote this book called The Nature of Your Personal Reality, which is a channeled book that she wrote back in like the 70s. So a lot of her ideas were really revolutionary back then. No one was really talking about it much. And essentially, same concept that we're talking about right now. And so my trainer was like, I really want you to read this book before we start doing work together. I'm like, why would I want to read this book, The Nature of Your Personal Reality? Like, what does anything to do with my body? I just want to get in shape. What are you talking about? And, you know, essentially it had everything to do with it. And so it was all about, you know, exactly what you're talking about, Ricky, like really mastering consciousness, mastering our inner thoughts, mastering how we're feeling about our feelings, our desires from inside. So that when I was looking in the mirror, there was love and compassion. And I was actually envisioning as opposed to the hate and doing it from a different space, a scarcity space. So I love everything that you're up to and doing. Everything that you say always gives me chills. I just love being in your presence, even if it's on the audio waves of of the world. But where can people find more of you, Ricky? Yeah, well, look, as you say, Spiritually Fierce has just come out. It's available on Amazon.com and Amazon.com.au, depending on where you are in the world. And I'm pretty sure it should be available everywhere else. And, you know, my institute is called the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence. And you can visit us at our website, instituteforintuitiveintelligence.com. You know, it is a training ground for consciousness. So it's it's a perfect place for people to go if they want to learn more about how they can actually take that everything we've talked about today from being a nice idea into a living, breathing practice, because it, you know, it's practice. That is the word practice, practice, practice. And I also have an incredibly gorgeous tribe, which you are part of, Melaine, on mm. Facebook called I Am Spiritually Fierce. You can just search for us there. And there's so much going on in that space, such a beautiful connected community. So if you want to jump in there, you'll find out lots more about what I'm up to, but also what everybody else, including you, are up to in that group. Yeah. And I definitely encourage you guys to grab her book, connect with her on the Facebook group. It really is a dynamic group, lots of amazing people in there sharing really soul-filled information and messages and connections. And um, Ricky, something else that I've been asking everyone that comes on the podcast is, what is one book for you, um, aside from everyone, you got to go get her book, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what's one book for you that has really changed your life and has made a profound impact for you that you feel would really support the listeners out there? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because it's been on my mind the whole time we're talking and um, I've written down the one you recommended, but the one that I would love everybody on the planet to read is called Key to Yourself by a woman called Venice Bloodworth. And this book was written in the 50s and it really is all about consciousness engineering. I, I gather from my research that this may have been the book that 
the secret was based on that that worldwide phenomenon the secret mm-hmm. but read this book because this book is you know she is talking about the laws that govern our consciousness and how psychology as she calls it is the way that we change our lives and what she means of course is that it is our beliefs that will change our world it's a tiny little book it's very daggy it was written in the 50s by this woman who was a psychologist in somewhere you know midwest america i think she, you know she's largely unknown own, but the book is like getting given a precious, you know, a secret that's been handed down through the generations. So I, I think it'll be an incredibly exciting thing for you to read, Melaine, if you haven't already. Um, it fits in with everything that you talk about. But I think for anybody who would like to understand more about how we can literally change our physical form through our consciousness, but also all aspects of our lives, this book is the one to read. Oh my God. I'm like literally going to Stop the recording, guys, and go order myself the book. Seriously, that sounds amazing. And thank you for sharing that that piece of gold with all of us and for sharing all of your wisdom and nuggets of gold throughout this conversation. I so appreciate you joining and thank you so much for being with us today. My great pleasure. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Ricky Jane. Remember to check out her book. And you guys, caring is sharing. So be sure to share this episode with any of your sister goddesses that you think could really resonate with this. This message is really powerful. And let's create a revolution. Let's really support other people in having this awareness of the power of consciousness, the power of connecting to our divine within, the power of connecting to our intuitive intelligence. And for any of you that are listening today, you can use the hashtag education revolution, hashtag divine goddess revolution. And if you email me today, melaine at melanelee.com and use both of those hashtags, I will give you a discount on one of my upcoming retreats. Hope that you have an amazing day. Sending you so much divine love. Bye for now.